You're listening to Bloomberg Law. I'm June Grosso with Michael Best. Las Vegas gambler Billy Walters is betting that a judge will dismiss insider trading charges against him. Walters, who's accused of making $43 million by trading on leaks from an insider, now wants his case tossed because of leaks from an FBI agent. In announcing Walters' indictment in May, Manhattan U.S. Attorney Preet Bharara described a brazen scheme involving corporate intrigue, gambling debts, and secret codes where the the former chairman of Dean Foods gave illegal stock tips to Walters. When the board member of a Fortune 500 company feeds inside information to a professional gambler who makes a killing on well-timed trades in that very company's stock, that is a form of corruption, corruption of our markets. The government's case is now in jeopardy because an FBI agent leaked details to the press about the confidential investigation of Walters and golf star Phil Mickelson, who paid back almost $1 million from stock trades. Walters says the FBI violated his rights with leaks designed to revive an investigation that had stalled. My guests are former federal prosecutor Robert Mintz, a partner at McCarter in English, and Peter Henning, professor at Wayne State University. Bob, the FBI agent David Chavez has hired his own attorney as the case against him is investigated. Tell us what he admitted he did and why. Sure, June. Uh, According to the United States Attorney's Office that was ordered by the judge to conduct an investigation into these leaking allegations, this veteran FBI supervisor admitted to leaking information about this insider trading investigation to reporters at both the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And the defense has alleged as the basis for their motion to dismiss this indictment that these leaks were strategically timed and strategically released in order to try to influence the investigation and ultimately generate evidence that but for the leaks would never have been available to the government. Well, so Billy Walters is now, Peter, trying to get the case dismissed because of these leaks. Is there a legal basis for doing that? Well, he's got two grounds to do it. Uh, uh, The first ground is that the uh, conduct by the agent, which the defense is claiming is a violation of the grand jury secrecy rule and perhaps even a couple of other statutes, that that generated evidence that um, the government got impermissibly, and therefore that violated Walter's rights, that it violated the grand jury clause because the violations by the agent um, ended up influencing the grand jury's decision. The other is a broader claim uh, of outrageous government conduct that, in effect, the Justice Department, both the prosecutors and the FBI, ought to be punished, if you will, for this type of improper action, that a defendant shouldn't be put on trial when the government violates the law itself. And so those are the two grounds. It's not an easy argument to make, but that's the basis on which he's trying to get these charges dismissed. Bob, the defense motion papers say the misconduct here is significantly more flagrant, far-ranging, and insidious than it expected. Is this level of conduct unprecedented? How would you describe it? 
Well, I wouldn't say it's unprecedented, but I would agree that it is highly unusual. In this case, the FBI agent has admitted to leaking information to these reporters on numerous occasions. He claims that the investigation was dormant at the time, and that's why he gave them the information. But the defense has argued that that is precisely the problem, that the investigation was going nowhere. And so the agent strategically leaked this information in order to try to generate new evidence. And they argue that there's a couple things going on uh, that were behind this inappropriate leaking of information. One was that they had a wiretap going, and they were hoping that by leaking this information to the public that people who were under investigation might discuss their criminal conduct on this wiretap. But probably their better argument is that one of the individuals who was under investigation, um, the former president of Dean Foods, um, as a result of this information coming out, took a cell phone that allegedly had information that would have implicated him uh, and uh, Billy Walters and threw that into a stream behind his house and destroyed evidence. Once he destroyed that evidence, according to the defense, he had obstructed justice and prosecutors used that as leverage to ultimately get him to recant his statements that he was innocent, to come back and agree to cooperate with the government and now become the key witness against the defense's client uh, in this case. Well, Peter, there's also some indication, isn't there, that the the higher ups in the Justice Department were trying to prevent the leak from happening or take some disciplinary action about the leak. And might that be some mitigating factor here in the judge's mind? Well, certainly that's what the Justice Department is going to argue, that there's no reason to dismiss the charges. In other words, give Walters a free pass for conduct that may well have constituted insider trading. He shouldn't get the charges dismissed. Instead, the Justice Department should be allowed to pursue the proper remedy, which is to discipline uh, Chavez and perhaps even pursue a criminal case against him. He could be charged with contempt of court, perhaps even obstruction of justice. What the Justice Department wants is essentially to say, these are two separate cases. And um, as bad as what Chavez did, that doesn't impact the government's case and the evidence of insider trading against Walters. So I expect that will be the road the Justice Department goes down when it files its brief in the next week or two. Bob, does the defendant have to show that the government's misconduct affected the case against him in some way, or is the misconduct itself considered enough? Well, the defense here makes essentially three different arguments. Um, under the leading Supreme Court case of Bank of Nova Scotia, the government, the defense would have to show either that the misconduct substantially influenced the grand jury's decision to return an indictment, which is one of their better arguments here. They also argue that there's a history of prosecutorial misconduct here in that they allege that this particular FBI agent likely leaked information in a series of other cases although their evidence on that is more speculative. And finally, they make the argument um, that the government's conduct here was just so outrageous that it shocks the, the, the conscience and should be dismissed on those grounds. But that's an exceedingly hard argument to make. And the, the one case where the government um, failed to, to uh, 
prevail on that where the indictment was in fact dismissed is one where an agent, for example, uh, engaged in sexual relations with a defendant in order to, to gather evidence. And that's a case where the court just said that the government just went too far to gather evidence and dismissed the indictment. Here, I think their best argument is that they somehow allowed the government by leaking information to gather this information uh, about uh, this key cooperating witness who, as a result of the leaked information, allegedly destroyed that cell phone, and the government then used that as leverage to try to gain his cooperation. The government's going to argue that this defendant had plenty of other reasons to try to cooperate, that the weight of the evidence was overwhelming, and his cooperation was based on a series of factors, and that the fact that he destroyed his cell phone may have been only one of them. Peter, we only have about 30 seconds, but what do you think the judge is going to do? Well, this is one tough call. Judge Castle is not happy and, in fact, invited the defense to file a motion to dismiss. And so, um, I mean, I, you know, I think the judge is going to give this very serious consideration. Um, if he does dismiss, I could certainly see the Justice Department appealing it to the Second Circuit. And so this is going to be a very close call. Bob, do you in 15 seconds, do you want to agree with Peter or contradict him? No, I, I agree. Uh, these are usually the arguments that defense makes. Uh, I wouldn't say routinely, but it's not unusual. This is one of the closer calls, and the judge could really go either way here. It's going to be fascinating to see. Thank you both for being on Bloomberg Law. That's Robert Mintz, a partner at McCarter in English, and Peter Henning, a professor at Wayne State University.